Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a Piccolo podcast production. Welcome back to season three of Fairground Fuck Ups. After season two, we were thrilled to receive a bronze medal at the 2021 Australian Podcast Awards. Thanks to everyone who worked on season one and two and to all the listeners for your support. Don't forget to rate, review and share the podcast. As the world reopens following the pandemic, Droves of people have been heading back out to fairgrounds and amusement parks all over the world. But the flurry of people has seen an uptick in safety incidents. While there's no exact statistics relating to the summer of hell, headlines across the globe have been abundant with news of shocking theme park accidents, even deaths. While the pandemic is easy to blame, it's simply exacerbated issues already within the theme park industry. Poor staff training, corner cutting, and inadequate safety procedures. It's likely after two years in and out of lockdowns, staff have become a little rusty and have been poorly trained and the rides themselves could have been impacted after lying dormant and without regular use. In our season three premiere episode, we document the horrifying 2021 summer of hell when a terrifying series of fairground accidents occurred. Some fairground fuck-ups are worse than others. And we begin this tale in Wildwood, New Jersey. Video going viral. You have to see this. One of two girls on the spring shot ride at Maurice Piers in Wildwood. A group of teenage girls travelled 280 miles from their hometown in Weatherly, Pennsylvania to New Jersey's Maurice Piers to celebrate their friend Georgia Reed's 14th birthday. They certainly made a story for the ages as George's best friend, Kylie, got a surprise visitor on the Springshot ride. While being shot into the air at over 75 miles per hour, Kylie came face to face with a seagull. Literally the seagull's face on hers. The feathery fiasco was quickly resolved as Kylie pushed the bird off her and both parties came away uninjured. Georgia had no idea what had just gone down beside her until Kylie screamed, a bird just flew in my face, oh my god, I can't wait to see the video. Neither could the internet, with a video of the incident having now racked up thousands of views online. When I got shot up, then I saw it, and it was going the opposite way, and it came back, 
and hit me right in the face. It felt really light and it only left like the tiniest scratch. You can see the footage on our social media pages. The links are in the show notes. Now we head down south to Castle and Coasters in the balmy Phoenix, Arizona. And we do want to update you on a story we first brought you at 6. 22 people now back on solid ground, rescued from this roller coaster at Castles and Coasters. Opened in 1976, Castle and Coasters call themselves Arizona's finest family fun and thrill park. The 10-acre park boasts a wide range of attractions that appeal to the young and old. A carousel, mini golf courses, go-kart tracks, bumper cars and boats, an arcade, zip lines, an obstacle course and two roller coasters. The biggest of the two coasters and the park's main attraction is the Desert Storm roller coaster. On this ride after boarding the train, it moves forward and begins going up the hill. At the top, it takes a narrow turn and takes a steep dive, does its first loop, makes a wide turn, does its second loop, does a 360-degree turn that interlocks with the second loop, makes a wide turn and does another 360-degree turn, takes another large drop as it makes a last wide turn and returns to the station. However, on May 15th, this wasn't to be the case. At about 5.30pm, the ride stalled on one of the horizontal loops, 20 feet in the air for two hours. The Almarez family were one of the 22 people stuck. Here's Joseph Almarez. Kids on there, they're really terrified. Yeah. Um, There was actually one kid I was trying to hold on to because she was so small she couldn't even hold herself up. Emergency services, including fire and rescue, and the police set up a high-angle belay system and lowered each rider down after they were individually fitted with a pick-off harness and a cinch collar. Thankfully, no one was taken to hospital. Castles and coasters are yet to give a reason for the fault. The desert storm is still up and running today, with the Almarez family saying they'll be back again. Are you guys going to ride a roller coaster again? Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to go right back on it again if they fixed it. I'm like, some other time. The next harrowing tale occurred at the Six Flags Fiesta, located deep in the heart of Texas, San Antonio. What started as a fun day at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, quickly turned into a scary situation for more than a dozen people. It happened just before noon today. Dozens of emergency crews headed out to the amusement park. Self-titled the thrill capital of South Texas, Six Flags Fiesta is home to more than 60 rides, shows and attractions. Opened in 1992, this year marks their 30th anniversary with a full year of celebrations planned, including a special celebration show, food festivals, a new dive coaster, special displays and a re-theme of the infamous Poltergeist Coaster. In the late 90s, in an effort to bring new interest to the park and to increase attendance, Six Flags undertook a $30 million expansion, which included the Poltergeist Coaster that opened on May 28, 1999. Located in the Rockville section of the park, the coaster is one of only five of its type in the world. Once riders board the train, 
They are launched through a tunnel from zero to 60 miles per hour in only 3.5 seconds. Once outside the tunnel, those on board experience an intense climb to the top of the tangled track. As the ride continues, riders experience wild twists and turns, corkscrew, sidewinder and cobra roll inversions prior to returning to the station. One concerned rider described the car as feeling like it vibrates more than it should, adding that there are loud mechanical noises that make you feel as if you shouldn't be there. Another past rider said it seemed like it would break down any second after riding it in 2019. Between 2007 and 2021, the poltergeist has been central to at least three incidents. In 2007, a 14-year-old girl became paralysed after falling from a gap in between the cars from 10 feet above the ground, hitting the concrete floor underneath. In 2010, the ride malfunctioned and two riders were stuck for two hours. Over a decade later, the ride malfunctioned again in the exact same spot as the 2010 incident, this time with 20 riders on board. Just before midday on May 29th, halfway through the ride cycle, the poltergeist came to a complete halt. Luckily for those on board, they were left in a vertical position. Between so many twists and turns, they could have been upside down. The harrowing process to rescue the riders from their precarious position took place over three hours. Each rider was harnessed and carefully led down the ride individually by San Antonio Fire Department personnel. Luckily, no one was injured and everyone was evacuated safely. But this trapeze-style exit certainly wasn't the ride these people envisioned. Six Flags San Antonio wasn't the only Six Flags to run into trouble over the summer of hell. This next catastrophe takes place at Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey, which was also the tragic scene of the Haunted Castle fire, featured in Episode 2, Season 1 of Fairground Fuckups. We're learning more about a ride that malfunctioned at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey. Two people were injured when a log flume boat tipped on Sunday night. Spanning over 510 acres, Six Flags Great Adventure is the world's second largest theme park. Its world-class, award-winning rides include the El Toro and the world's highest coaster, the King Dakar. It's also home to the world's first ever log flume ride, known as the Sawmill Log Flume. Similar rides are now in fairgrounds all around the world. From the earliest concepts of Great Adventure, a log flume style ride was envisioned as being one of the park's main attractions. The ride officially opened on July 4th, 1974 and immediately became a huge success, becoming the most popular ride in the park in the summer heat. The log flume was considered by many guests to be a nearly perfect ride, combining the thrills of a roller coaster with the exciting splash of refreshing cool water. Over the seasons, the log flume has had minor modifications and improvements, including several repaints and colour changes, rotten wood from the water wheel being replaced, as well as rubber lift belts and rollers. Early in the history of the log flume, 
a boat capsized in the trough at the end of the drop. Modifications were quickly made, adding safety rails along the sharp curve sections in and out of the station, and additional holes were added to the trough to allow additional watering off, lowering the water level and reducing the amount of floating that the boats could actually do. On December 19, 2019, the ride was shut down by the state for 17 months after inspectors found major rust and corrosion in steel and wood on the ride. All this was not enough to prevent the incident that occurred on June 16, 2021. At around 6.30pm, emergency services were called after one of the boats tipped up on an angle towards the end of the ride. Just moments before the ride malfunctioned, a Long Island father named Stephen Thomas watched his daughters and nieces on the ride, just one boat ahead of the one that would soon tip. His wife was recording as the girl's boat came charging around the corner, where a section of the railing appears to come loose. When my daughters hit it, my nieces hit it, they, they got off the ride and said something wasn't right. You know, they, they, had, they had hit something that caused the boat to what they felt like was going to flip over. It did not flip over, but the next riders weren't so lucky. The log flume that followed flipped over at the same spot where the Thomas's flume almost did and two people were injured. The ride was stopped immediately and emergency services were called. Thomas said he didn't see that the boat hit the railing, but saw what happened afterwards. He said the boat was sitting at approximately 45 degrees and saw a woman crying. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured but two people were taken to hospital with reports of arm and leg pain. It definitely could have been my children. They were probably less than a minute away from that happening to them, Thomas said. The summer of hell may seem relatively tame compared to some other stories on fairground fuck-ups, but in the next stories, the tragic consequences of poorly managed and inadequately trained staff at amusement parks becomes apparent. Now to Branson, Missouri. Breaking news for you tonight. The Western Taney County Fire Protection District is launching an investigation after an accident that happened at the Branson Coaster this evening. That's going to be on Highway 76 Country Boulevard. Now, one person has been sent to the hospital, we can tell you, with some injuries. With a population of only 12,638, the Ozark town is popular amongst vacationing families and tourists because of its vast collection of attractions, including a Hollywood wax museum, Dolly Parton's Stampede, Titanic Museum, Ripley's Auditorium and the Branson Coaster. Claiming to be North America's first double alpine coaster, the downhill toboggan-style ride allows riders to control their own speed by squeezing levers on the side of the sled, with a maximum speed of 30 miles per hour. In June last year, 12-year-old Orlando Perry and his younger brother, Damari, were visiting Branson from Tennessee with their grandmother, Shalandra Ford. On Sunday, June 20, Shalandra took the boys to the Branson coaster. The boys got on the coaster together and explained to the staff that Orlando was vision impaired as a result of his Marfan syndrome, a disorder affecting connective tissue, leaving him with just 15% vision in one of his eyes. 
They were told he would be fine riding alone and the boys were put into separate sleds. Towards the end of the cycle, the coaster stopped and Orlando got out of his sled and proceeded to make his way back to his grandmother. Only the ride hadn't reached the end of its cycle and it started moving again, causing Orlando to lose his footing and fall onto the tracks where he became entrapped. Here is Shalandra's recount of the terrifying event. All the kids said the roller coaster stopped and my grandson, which is vision impaired, proceeded to get off the roller coaster and the roller coaster, I guess, started back, restarted back up while he was getting off and he fell off and got entrapped um, under the rails. Ransom police, fire department, and ambulance were called immediately to come and rescue Orlando. Over a harrowing one hour and 40 minutes, emergency services worked to free him. Finally, at around 9.30 p.m., Orlando was freed, but left with severe injuries. He was flown to Springfield, where doctors immediately operated on him saying his legs were nearly severed and they weren't sure if they'd be able to save them. His right arm had also been seriously injured from being crushed for such a long time. Here's Shalandra speaking to Fox News the morning after the accident. They um, immediately did emergency surgery and he has pins in both legs holding, holding them together for now. They are talking about possible amputation, um, his legs are badly crushed. Both legs are bad, badly crushed. And they're bone to bone like flesh. It's just terrible. <sighs> and his arm, and even his arm, his right arm is just, pretty much his legs are severed. He's been through a lot, um, you know, even with being um, visually impaired. And I think that people should own up to, you know, they should take on the responsibility of protecting these kids. It's no surprise that the ride was closed immediately and subject to a thorough investigation and inspection from the Missouri State Fire Marshals. The two most recent inspections of the ride in 2019 and 2020 found no flaws. No adverse conditions were noted and inspectors gave the ride a passing grade for safety restraints. Just three weeks later, while Orlando was still fighting for his life in hospital, the Branson Coaster was reopened. The Summer of Hell will continue after this break. The next incident in this Summer of Hell takes place in Sandusky, Ohio, at Cedar Point. The family of the Michigan woman who was injured while standing in line for the top thrill dragster roller coaster at Cedar Point says... That woman is now fighting for her life. Opened in 1870, Cedar Point is the second oldest amusement park in the United States. It's been awarded Best Amusement Park in the World by Amusement Today for 16 years in a row. It's home to 16 roller coasters, which is the third most in the whole world. Not only this, it's the only amusement park in the world with five roller coasters that are at least 200 feet in height, including the Magnum XL200, 
Millennium Force, Valraven, Steel Vengeance, and the Top Thrill Dragster. When the Top Thrill Dragster opened in 2003, it was the world's tallest roller coaster, standing at a whopping 120 meters. Construction of the coaster was no easy feat, requiring two 150-meter cranes to put it together. At the time, only four cranes of that size existed in the whole of the USA. Not only did Cedar Park want the highest coaster in the world, they wanted it to be the fastest too. In just 3.8 seconds, the ride went from zero to 190 kilometers per hour. Until May 2005, the Top Thrill Dragstar stood as both the fastest and tallest ride in the world. Since the very beginning, the Top Thrill Dragster faced problems. Just 22 days after opening, one of the cables that helps launch the coaster came loose, leaving the ride closed for several days. A week later, a faulty valve on the hydraulic system that launches the Top Thrill Dragster out of its station forced the ride to close during Cedar Point's annual Coaster Mania event for coaster enthusiasts. Two weeks later, from June 20th, 2003 to July 4th, the ride lay dormant because of continual hydraulic system problems. In June the following year, a strand on the cable that controls the ride's catch car, part of the ride's launch mechanism, came loose. The train safely completed its cycle and the cable was replaced overnight by maintenance employees allowing the ride to reopen the next day. Later that year, just a year after it opened, the ride was closed after four riders were hit with metal and debris that deflected off the cable used to launch the riders, resulting in non-fatal injuries. It was, it was terrifying. And at the end of the ride, I turn around and I see blood dripping from my friend's arm. It was this same problem that led to the incident that occurred in the 2021 Summer of Hell. While being on the ride might seem dangerous, sometimes you don't have to be on the ride for disaster to strike. Sometimes you're just waiting in line. On the 15th of August 2021 at 4.30pm, Rachel Hawes was standing in line for the Top Thrill Dragster when an L-shaped metal bracket approximately the size of a man's hand, flew off the back of the coaster at a high speed and struck her. Rachel sustained severe head injuries and was airlifted to a hospital in Toledo immediately. While Rachel survived the horrific ordeal, she suffered a brain injury and was kept in the intensive care unit for some time. The family released the following statement a week after the incident. We are devastated by last weekend's accident at Cedar Point. We want to thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers during this time. Rachel is fighting for her life and we would ask for privacy in this difficult time. The metal part was determined to be a proximity flag plate, which had been attached to the left side rear of the train. Its purpose is to help relay to the ride's computer system where the train is on the track. An investigation into the incident was carried out by the Department of Agriculture. The department interviewed witnesses and maintenance workers, as well as reviewing and scrutinising lab reports. 
The ultimate goal of the investigation was to determine whether there was any indication of disrepair on the ride before August 15th. One of the inspectors, Douglas Briner, who performed overnight inspections on the Top Thrill Dragster, is quoted as saying he knows for a fact that the flag plate was not loose before August 15th, as during his checks he physically attempts to move the plates to make sure they are secure. Both the flag plate and a missing bolt were recovered on the day of the accident. The proximity flag plate had several impact marks and was warped, according to the report. Cedar Point acknowledged that it did not perform what is referred to as the standard overhaul procedures for the ride in 2021, which it typically performs annually, because the ride saw limited use in 2020 due to pandemic-related park closures. Instead, in consultation with the ride manufacturer, Interman, the park completed what it called a limited overhaul of the ride last year with a minimum of 17% of all critical components inspected, according to the report. The report also included a list of repairs that must be made if the ride was to operate again. These included replacing bolts found to be of different or improper grade in the ride's braking framework, repairing the section of track that was damaged during the accident, and replacing the missing bracket on the car that lost it. The report noted another car had a loose left bracket, and all trains had brackets that showed signs of wear. Cedar Point spokesman Tony Clark released this statement about the report. Today we received the results of the investigation by the Ohio Department of Agriculture's Division of Amusement Ride Safety and Fairs, which determined that after examining the documentation provided and conducting interviews of Cedar Point staff, ODA found no evidence that Cedar Point had knowledge of or reason to believe that the top thrill dragster was in an unsafe condition that could cause a hazard to riders, employees or the public on August 15, 2021. The current condition of Rachel is unknown, but the top thrill dragster remains closed for the rest of the 2022 season. That ride needs to come down. Accidents happen, but how many times do accidents have to happen before we actually do something about it? We've now reached the final story for this episode. For this horrific tragedy, we head to Iowa, known for its landscape of rolling plains and cornfields. Video is surfacing of a deadly accident at an Iowa amusement park. It happened Saturday on the Raging River Ride at Adventureland. Adventureland Resort sits just northeast of Iowa's capital, Des Moines. The theme park claims to feature over 100 rides, shows and attractions. Construction of the park began in 1973 on a site formerly occupied by an airport. Its grand opening was scheduled for July 1974 but was damaged by a tornado. In 1979, River Rapids rides became a staple at amusement parks around the world. So it's no surprise that in 1983, Adventureland unveiled its very own version, the Raging River. Adventure Bay Water Park is now open at Adventureland. Ride the waves and soak up the sun in the oceans of aquatic fun. 
Similar to many rides of its type, the River Rapids ride simulates whitewater rafting by pulling a raft via a conveyor belt, usually starting in relatively calm waters for entering more turbulent terrain with the incorporation of waterfalls and pressurised water jets to wet riders. River Rapids rides have been responsible for a shocking number of accidents at theme parks around the world. According to the Des Moines Register, at the very least there have been 21 accidents on these rides since 1984. From rafts capsizing and overturning, to deaths and serious injuries. They calculate at least eight people have died as a result of injuries sustained on these rides. In 2016, four lives were tragically lost at Gold Coast Dreamworld on the Thunder River Rapids. We covered this story in episodes six and seven of Fairground Fuckups season two. In that same year, an employee died falling into the water while helping unload passengers from the raging river ride. The ride's moving conveyor belt caught him and his head was crushed between a raft and a concrete wall. Most recently, in 2021, on July 3rd, the Jaramillo family visited Adventureland from Marion, Iowa, to celebrate David Jaramillo's 16th birthday. David and his brother, 11-year-old Michael and 14-year-old Gus, 18-year-old cousin Nyla Petty and parents Sabrina and David Jaramillo excitedly boarded a boat for the Raging River. After boarding the ride, staff came and ensured that patrons all had their seatbelts fastened. With the family all firmly secured, the boat left the station for the ride down the River Rapids. Only the 1,700-pound boat carrying the Jaramillos flipped completely upside down in just mere seconds after starting. All six of the family hit their heads on the shallow surface below, and the seatbelts designed to keep them safe trapped them underneath the water. The parents, Nyla and Gus, desperately worked to unbuckle their restraints and freed themselves. Michael and David weren't so lucky. The two boys were trapped underwater for around 10 minutes long, as their parents looked on in horror and screamed for help. They weren't the only ones screaming. Other guests also cried for help when they noticed the raft had tipped. <laughs> Holy cow! Oh, they flipped! Holy oh, no. they flipped! Oh, no. Holy Holy are they okay? Are they okay? Uh -oh. We're gonna hit them. Watch out, guys! Watch, watch out, out! Watch out! out! Watch out! She's in there? Oh, watch the side! Oh, 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 oh. Hold my stuff! Hold my stuff! Go! Hold my stuff! Hold it! Go! 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 Oh my god! What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I can't stop. We need to wait till we get there. I can't stop. Their cries were initially mistaken by a crew setting up fireworks for the usual sounds you hear at a thrill park. After multiple boats passed, the workers began to understand what was happening and called 911. I need an ambulance strike team right now to Adventure Land. This is Scope 3. Please respond to Adventure Land. We've got a total of three patients, actually two CPR in progress right now. It was only then as dispatch radio lit up with calls for ambulances to Adventureland, 
that any part of the park's security and medical teams knew of guests in need of rescue. Here's Michael and David's dad, David Jaramillo, speaking with Good Morning America. When it flipped over, um, all of us were trapped in uh, seats and seatbelts. I see the silhouettes of my sons trying to grab each other, grab us. They wanted us to help them. We couldn't do it. After eventually being freed by emergency workers, Michael and David were taken to hospital where Michael died of his injuries and David was placed into a medically induced coma. At least one other family who rode on one of the boats within minutes of the Jaramillo family reported problems with their raft. Amber Estrada, 31, told the Associated Press that the boat carrying her family at times struck and dragged along the bottom of the man-made river and that her family felt unsafe. How did the raging river become the scene of another death in just five years? In 2016, 68-year-old Stephen Boer, who was just six days into his new job at Adventureland, became trapped under the conveyor belt of the raging river and died. An emergency stop of the ride systems, which a state inspector confirms had been activated, should have drained all the water on the course into the ride's one million gallon reservoir. It was later revealed that a section of trough where the Jaramillo's raft capsized never fully drained. Draining the water from the trough not only eliminates the drowning hazard that is most prevalent when a raft has capsized and guests are trapped by their restraints, but allows the efficient and orderly search of the trough for victims who may have been caught on ride elements and would be difficult for rescuers to spot under the water. It also reveals the weirs, which are timber or metal poles used to create the rapids, and any other underwater elements which may pose a hazard to first responders during rescue efforts. While it's almost certain the inspector's report regarding the emergency stop being activated is accurate, firefighters arriving at the scene more than 15 minutes later reported the water was not moving and appeared to be about two feet deep. Adventureland had no comment to give about whether the release valve had been used. Presumably, with that valve open, the ride may have drained fast enough to save the victims. That wasn't the only failure that led to this tragedy. The police report shows that emergency responders didn't have easy access to the overturned raft, calling it a remote location. They had to run roughly the length of a football field on uneven terrain to get to the victims, put them on stretchers and carry them all the way back to the awaiting ambulances. The first dispatched officer on the scene couldn't access the park at first because the gate was closed and appeared to be secured with a heavy chain and lock. As the officer was trying to figure out where the emergency was in the park, he encountered three Adventureland staff, but none of them knew about the accident. They also couldn't even point the officer to a supervisor. Just a few days before Michael's death, Adventureland had passed its routine safety inspections. Adventureland's lawyer, Guy Cook, made the following callous statement. Tens of thousands of boats have been launched on this ride. Never ever has a boat tipped over or capsized in this 40 years. So that tells us number one, the ride is safe. And number two, something different had to happen on this day. 
If you stay in your seat and the weight is evenly distributed regardless of whether a bladder is fully inflated, it's very difficult to see how a 1,700-pound boat flips over. That's why it would appear there was some other factor at work on this day. Why then, after an investigation carried out by the Iowa Division of Labor into the July 3rd incident, were 17 safety violations found on the ride? Why were 11 changes cited by the division required before the ride would be able to operate again? According to the report, Adventureland didn't do any of the following. Test rafts following repairs or adequately document repairs. They didn't provide continuous direct supervision of riders. They failed to update the ride's evacuation plan when the park's layout changed used deficient forms for daily inspections and conducted inadequate training for employees on ride operation and evacuation. On the day of the fatal tragedy, the report found the following. The ride's evacuation route was blocked by setup of a July 4 fireworks display. The manager on duty and the ride's maintenance crew had no documented training on the ride. One of the ride's weirs was detached from the trough Operators responded inadequately to back-to-back releases of rafts. A rope linking a flotation tube to the seating area of a raft was improperly tied and came loose. A month after the incident, David was finally released from hospital. While he mostly recovered, he still faces rehabilitation to address balance issues and to improve his fine motor skills, among other concerns. The Raging River was forced to close for the rest of the 2021 season, which ended in September. Adventureland is yet to announce whether the ride will operate again. We just documented some of the terrible incidents from last summer. There were many more, and 2022 hasn't started any better.